Rid it, dit to do, and welcome into more important issues. It is Wednesday, October 23rd. The Vols play on Saturday. It's supposed to rain. How do you feel about that? Don't feel great. Don't feel great about it. <laughs> the good news is we're probably going to run the ball anyway, so it doesn't affect our game plan. Yeah, that's true. Like, we don't have the ability to throw the football. That's true. So, unless, you know, unless JT Stroud surprises us, I guess that's me saying I think JT Stroud is a starter. We will see. We'll see. We'll see. I'll say this. I have to walk back on my words a little bit because, first off, my words kind of contradicted each other anyway, so I guess I'm not really walking back on my words, but I am. Walking it out, right? Walk it out. <laughs> and uh, so, I, you know, I've always said I trust Pruitt, trust his coaching decisions. Then I said I wouldn't go to the game if JT or if JG, excuse me, was a starter. If I trust Pruitt, then I have to trust his coaching decisions. I have to show up. He's in a tough decision. He is. He's in a tough position. But I said that I trust his coaching decisions, so I'll be there Saturday regardless. I may not be happy, but I will not boo. Don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue with people. You're gonna do what you want to do. You're an adult. Yeah. So yeah. I, I just I know where I stand on it. I would just say do not boo. I, I wouldn't boo. Now I'm not gonna take the Kevin Nash direction and like. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Who's Kevin Nash? Apparently, I'm around. I don't. Really, I know. I know who he is. Like I know who he is too, but like I don't care who he is. Yeah, you weren't that great. You're not The Rock. You're not Hulk Hogan. <laughs> you're not Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, like, no. you're not... Yeah, you're nothing. No. Well, hopefully the weather stays good. He's verified, Saturday. though, so I guess Dude. he's somebody. He's what? He's verified, so I guess he's somebody. I, blue, do blue checks mean anything anymore, though? Roundtable oh. discussion. I think they're white checks on Twitter, are they? Aren't they? I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not verified, so I don't know. Oh, maybe it's white checks when you when you do dark mode, but it's a blue Ooh, check. Okay. I really don't. I've never paid attention. I have no idea. Yeah, I'm not crazy about the rain because I want to mainly because I want to tailgate. I can sit <laughs> in the rain. I can sit in the rain in intensity football game. Done that plenty of times. I can do that. I'm fine. But I want to tailgate. That's that's the main thing. We even talked about bringing rock band to this tailgate. So like, I really really need it to be dry. Yeah. The tailgate won't be dry. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> yeah, I, was about I, to need, say, I need it's the, not gonna be that dry. No. Before we jump into this episode, guys, I'm gonna tell you all about my friends at my bookie. I don't know about you, but for me, a game is ten times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on my team because they're my team. Regardless, whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Between football season, the MLB playoffs, and the start of NBA and NHL seasons, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with MyBookie. And if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. Only if you use the promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code C-H-A-I-R to double your cash. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. If you're a regular to this show, you probably notice it's being presented. Landing can point right below him. Being presented mm. by Commercial Bank. We'll tell you guys more about them later. They're awesome. We appreciate their partnership with us. And uh, But yeah, we'll, we'll get into more of that later. First, South Carolina game. This is a big game. This is. We talked about on Sunday briefly how this was a game that was really going to decide bowl eligibility. Yeah, and I, I think before the season, I, I know I marked it as the most important game on the schedule. You did that early on. 
Yeah. He did that early on. So, Rob, right before the season started, we kind of went through what game we thought was most important. I think you said it was important. I don't know if – I think you had another game in there as well. I honestly don't remember what I said was most important. It was not South Carolina. I, th- I, I think you said Florida. I think I said Florida too. I was with you on that it was an important game. Um, I thought it would be important for bowl eligibility. Yep. And I, I was right. Unfortunately, I was hoping it might be like our fourth or fifth win. Wait, no, that wouldn't be right. Georgia State. Yeah, BYU. That's So that puts us at, what, four? I was hoping to be our fifth win. Maybe our sixth. Maybe I said if we beat Florida, it would be our sixth and get us to bowl eligibility. Mm-hmm. I knew it would be important. I just didn't realize how important yep. at this point in the year. I mean, so. it's, it's time to win. It's we're 0-7 against Muschamp. I'm sick and tired of him and we're, getting so lucky against us. We're 0-7 to Muschamp. We're 2-5 and five on the year. I, and it's kind of weird. It doesn't feel like we're 2-5. and five. No, it feels like we're like 4-2. and Because we played so much better the last two games. Yeah. It sucks. It, it, it sucked the, the fan base back in enough where we're going to fill that stadium. There's gonna so be, you got to show out. There's going to be some good heartbreak. You just know now. Oh, yeah. Something's, something's going to well, go wrong. Here's my, here's my issue. We got three big commits. I feel like three bad things are bound to happen now. Four, I guess. Well, maybe maybe we we jumped. Well, ho- hopefully it was just that Brian Maurer is doubtful. Maybe that was just the bad news we needed. Maybe. I I hope. I <laughs> you can only hope. Yeah, hopefully but- we don't get three more bad newses like that because we did get we'll – get we'll get more into the recruiting in the next uh, little segment. But – Huge recruiting news for the football team last night. Late last night. Yep. They were keeping us up. They were keeping us up late. I guess Memphis is an hour behind, so wasn't as late for them. No, wasn't as late. But, uh, and then today, the Jaden Springer news. I knew we were expecting Jaden Springer news soon. Not this early. That was, no. or I guess, we didn't know, not necessarily this early. We just didn't know exactly when. See, I thought it was going to be sooner. Right. That's why I think. I thought, like, after his official visit, it was like, all right, let's get it. I was about to it's say, over. I think people said you you might expect something on Monday. So, I, Early wasn't the right word. It was just mm-hmm. unexpected. You didn't know exactly when it was going to come. Right. You expected something soon. I don't know about you, but the more it drug on, I was like, maybe not. I don't and know. Then we got that. So, I don't know. We're, um, not, we, yeah, I, this week is very, very important. If you don't win this, I don't know if you get to bowl eligibility. Uh, this is, this game, the good news is, South Carolina is also playing a backup, but he's had to plenty of time to settle in. He's pretty much a starter now. Yeah. So, and I, he's the he's their quarterback for the future. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Is he just a freshman or is he yeah, sophomore? He's a true okay. freshman. I wasn't sure what he was. Um, they have given up eleven sacks to Ron Holinsky alone. That's good, especially with the way our front seven's playing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a huge opportunity for this defense to come out and dominate. Yeah, we get Batuli back too. He doesn't miss any time since he was ejected in the first half against Alabama. That's great news for us. Back. Back. That's good to have both of those guys starting. It's been a while. I feel like it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's been ah, – just Mississippi State, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Because he only missed first. Well, but they didn't play together at all against Alabama. Right. So, that's unfortunate. unfortunate. Yeah. But, it, it, it you know, it, Crouch played better in that game. I feel like he stepped up in a few big mm-hmm. ways. Um, he was picked on a little bit in the passing game, but I feel like the run game, he kind of held his own. Yeah. Which you expect. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like with the with the he had to play the whole game, mm-hmm. the whole every snap. No, I, I don't. I don't know if he played every snap. I said that without looking. But he played the whole game and played a lot of snaps. Yeah. So, which is more than he's normally asked to do, especially that inside linebacker position. 
Right. It's a newer position for him. He's still kind of learning how to do it and expected to go against the number one team in the country and play. I mean, I I don't know if he played every single snap either, but it was but close. But he played a lot. It was close. Because you, you whenever you got uh, – by the time you got uh, Toho Toho back, mm-hmm. Batuli was gone. So he had to slot in the other position. Yep. So, but I, I look forward to our front seven. I think this is a time to um, – this is a, a time to really come alive, continue coming alive, I guess, because it started at Mississippi State. Several good plays at Alabama. I mean, I, I'm not cheering for injury. Don't mis, misunderstand that. But you put enough pressure that, I mean, you you hurt a quarterback. Yeah. There were games earlier in the year we weren't touching a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And then you look, you get Mac Jones in there, and you wear him out a couple times too on a roughing the passer call. But, I mean, yeah, you get back there plenty of times against Alabama. This is a game where you're not playing a great offensive line. They're – Decent running team. I mean, they're pretty good. Uh, they are probably going to lose. Are they? Have they confirmed it? I th- Mushamp said Dowdle is out, or he expects Dowdle he expects to be him out. to be out. Yeah. Um. So that you know, that's your number two running back right there. I feel like this is a really good chance to to take advantage of a you know offensive front that's just not going to be incredibly comfortable. Yeah, and especially if it's going to be wet. Yeah, I feel like if you are able to take away Feaster and in, in that run game, then you, you put it on a true freshman. Right. To beat Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I mean, I like I like our chances. If we're able to stop the run game, well, I think Southern, we're going to get enough pressure on Holinsky where he's uncomfortable, and I think guys in the back end are going to make plays. Right. And he's, I mean, he's really only got one wide receiver to hit. I'm like – Yeah, it's Edwards. That's yeah. it. And that that's all they have. I mean, so – that, that's good news on the offensive front. Now you flip the side of the ball and look at our offense. Do you have people that can make plays maybe in the run game? Tim Jordan's really exploded. We assume he's going to get the majority of the touches this week. I mean, you, you have to ride out that high end. You have to. Yeah, I mean. Especially with no quarterback. Well, we assume no quarterback. We've talked about this a billion times, how SEC games are one of the trenches. I firmly believe that this game is definitely going to be – who wins the battle in the trenches? Especially with it probably going to be raining. Tennessee doesn't have a quarterback. You have two run-heavy offenses right now because yep. the there's some question marks at quarterback. Um, South Carolina has a good defense. Yep. They're always going to have a good defense. Mm-hmm. But if you remember two years ago when they came to Knoxville – that was Tennessee's worst team in history. I'm I'm willing to go on record and say that. That was Tennessee's worst <laughs> team in history. And we were one catch away from beating them. Which, you said they came to Knoxville? What year? Two years ago. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I was thinking last year was 17 for some reason. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, that would have been an away game. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, oh, yeah. That team was absolutely Bad. terrible. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> Unbearable to watch. We should have beat them. Yeah. Should have beat them. So, I, I mean, they have won them. Uh, Ken Law, they're, they're really good on the defensive front. But our line's playing good. The Our offensive line is – and I think it's it's cool to – you hear them talk about it when they were open, available to media, and they're taking pride in what they do. Whereas, like, last year they seemed just really down every time they talked to the media. Like, yeah. we're trying to fix it. Now it's like they're – you know, they were all talking about uh, – I can't remember who all was available. Was Wanya available? Yeah. Wanya was available. I think Trey Smith – Brandon Kennedy was after the game. I don't know I if he was the other day. Austin Pope. Uh, yeah, Austin Pope talked about how involved he is in the run game and how they take pride in what they do. They talked about the play that we've all talked about, that, you know, four-yard gain turn into 11-yard, 
12 yard gain. Mm-hmm. I mean, just taking pride in what they do, moving the defensive players. And then what Tim Jordan's been able to follow it up with. It's like they've been blocking good and then following it up with quality running. Not just Tim Jordan, too. Ty Chandler at times, Eric Gray. It it looks – you can't complain about a running game right now. I would love to see more production in terms of It looks of like yard. we got some swagger. Some swagger. I'd love to see some more production in terms of yards and touchdowns. Yeah. But we've got a good start. We're right moving now. the football. We're moving the football. we got a good start right now. We're shortening the game, which we absolutely have to do because of our depth and because of our uh, lack of ability to score. Yep. So, so I say, Wanham, Kinlaw, come get you some of Trey Smith. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, their defense, uh, yeah, their defense is pretty, cha- I guess chaotic is the right word. To, I don't know. They, they create chaos. Especially they've, on third down. They, yep. They've created several turnovers this year. They've done a good job at it. Muschamp's going to do that. I mean, Muschamp mm-hmm. recruits great defensive players and coaches good defenses. Um, so, I mean, you you, you expect that. Um, can we be turnover? You're not going to be turnover free against a Muschamp defense. Can you limit the turnovers? Yep. That's something you're going to look to do. I guess my question at quarterback is, who do you trust to run your offense? We know you don't trust JG. Like, that's not – we know you don't trust JG. Do you trust Shrout anymore? I, I, I think it comes down to – who the team trusts. It's not JG. I can tell you that. Yeah. There was definitely some, you know, people that did not take too kindly what he did. Yeah. Saturday night. Well, I mean, some people have said you can always tell you've always been able to tell some people even went back to last year and, um, they, they were saying they could, they felt like the offensive line even blocked a different way for Will McBride than they did JG and Mm -hmm. this year differently than for Maurer than they did JG. And, And maybe that's a level of trust. I don't even know if that's true. I'm just, what people have said. Um, so, I mean, maybe that's something too. Maybe that has something to do with it. Um, but, I mean, you know people are going to fight for Brian Maurer. The dude just, you know, he's got that infectious personality. He's Yeah, he says all the right things. He says the right things. He's intense. People are going to fight for him. Um, hopefully it's the same with JT Shroud. Like I said, I expect he, him to be the starter. Uh, I hope we can open up the playbook a little bit. Chaney called a great game. Last Saturday, Jim Cheney and, and even Jerry Prude on the flip side of that, on the defense side of the ball, and um, you know they they did a really good job in, in how they called that game. I would have loved to see. I'm not saying we win with Brian Maurer. I, I don't think we even if we score that touchdown there. I don't think we win the game. Yeah, I, I'd like to. Alabama right now is Alabama until they're removed from the top. You can't just say like people. I don't know people are like I don't think they're a national championship team. What team is? Yeah, they're not who is. Yeah, I may, and like I said, I think we we said it on Sunday. I mean, all we probably proved is that LSU and Alabama are like neck and neck right now. That's probably all we proved by playing them close. Yeah, close. I mean, that's that's it. But I, I will say this: that a, a lot of Alabama fans are saying, "Oh, we had to play a backup quarterback." I'm like, "So did we?" Yeah, I know, right? So where's where's that argument? Right. So right. yeah, I don't I don't. I think it was evenly matched minus the officiating. The officiating was poor. I, I did want to talk about that. Did you read the release from SEC office? Dude, what was that? What did that even... There's just no... Like, why even release that? There's no substance in it. All you're pretty much saying is what we know. Refs suck. The refs suck like teams suck. That's all you told us. Yeah. That's... And, and then you told us that there's you know, rule or uh, checks and balances in place, but you didn't tell us what any of those checks and balances were. John going to John. John's going to John. <laughs> I, like, where they're like, yeah, we, we punish our um, officials 
you know, appropriately. How? Well, we can't tell you that. Then how do we know? Like, you can't. Yeah. I can't just be like, yeah, we, we punished him. How? And then they're like, we remove them from games and put them on other games, but we don't necessarily make that public. So how are... I don't know. I don't buy that load of crap. I don't buy it. So you, you put them on like... So like, if, if a crew had Alabama and LSU, and then the week before they effed up, according to them, they would move them to a lesser game. To Vanderbilt, Missouri. Yeah. Or something like that. But, but you're still we, getting paid. So yeah. what what are you really doing to them? Right. They're not getting on TV. Is that the point of being an official? You want to be on TV? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Oh my god. I, I I've been. That's getting me. I'm boiling over here. I'm I'm with. I understand there's a shortage of, shortage of officials. I understand why because coaches, players, fans mainly can be just complete a holes. Like I get it. But I don't I don't know. Like there's. Here's here's an issue. If I ref on a crew of ten and I feel like I'm really good, but the other nine suck because they've never learned like when they're wrong, whose fault is that? Yeah, it's the people grading them and training them. And if you want to never corrected them, if you want to use the excuse of oh well they're not full time, you know that they make mistakes. Well, make them full time. Yeah, you could. There's the money's there. Yeah, it's you have the most profitable programs in the country in this one conference, and you refuse to make your officials full time. The money is certainly there. So you'd rather you'd rather be terrible, and then have all this backlash. And what's the guy who is full time doing? Is he ever reviewing these plays? Is he ever like training? And you know, I, I don't know. They won't tell us these processes, so we don't know what they look like. But we'll pay ESPN will pay a guy full time to agree with them in the booth every time, every time. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you right now another thing. If I was an official on that crew and I really cared about my job, I, I'll tell you this right now. The officials I know, whether they make the right or wrong calls, the officials I know, they're in the game because they enjoy the game. They want the game to be done correctly, period. End of story. Doesn't matter who's playing. Doesn't matter who's throwing, running, defending. They want it to be a good game. Those are the officials I know personally. And that may be the same. I hope that's the same for every official that's on that field Saturday night. Yeah. But how pissed are you if you're the one trying to do your job correctly, just like you would in any other work environment? If the guy messes up for no reason, going, oh, I think we spotted the ball incorrectly, let's stop it. No, you don't do that. And I'm pissed at that guy because he either thinks he did his job incorrectly, knows he did his job incorrectly or whatever, and then tries to fix it and harms not only the entire officiating crew, but also, you know, that's not a good look for them. Like, not only did they now not do their job correctly, yeah, people are going to question their integrity because of the ill-timing of it. Yeah. Like, it's fair to question their integrity because of that call. Now, the other officials on that crew, I don't know. But how I'm, I'm going to be mad at that guy because I want the game to be done correctly. I'm going to be mad because he didn't do the right thing to make sure the game was called correctly. And Pruitt showed his frustration. Now, he was, he was subtle about it. Yeah. But he voiced that it was not okay, some of the penalties that were called. Yeah, he I, admitted that he was wrong on some of them. Right. Which... There was a lot in there where I was just like... I agree with what he said about the Batuli call. It's targeting. But the officials have to call it. That's targeting. Like, whether you agree or disagree with the rule, that's another thing that sucks about being an official. You don't get to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. Whether you agree or disagree with the rule, it's the rule. you got to call it. It's targeting. And it sucks. It, that shouldn't be the rule. How else do you tackle one? Everyone knows that. I'm, I bet there are officials out there who would admit that. Maybe yeah. not on the record, but they would admit it. Yeah. 
And it sucks. And he's right. But then you, again, you look at the Daryl Taylor situation. What was the penalty? What was the unnecessary roughness for? And a lot of refs should be able to look at that and go, that's not a penalty. Can those guys do it? Can they admit when they're wrong? Because that, that's just wrong. And I haven't, I need to go watch the Brian Maurer hit. A lot of people say there was helmet, helmet to helmet contact. Regardless, it's roughing the passer. Yeah, something's got to be called. Something's got to be called. And if I'm, in a, if I'm a ref and I'm on my headset and I'm going, well, we know it's not targeting, so we got to take out the 15-yard penalty, I should be allowed to call that roughing the passer. Yeah. I should be allowed to. Because, because they, they reviewed Batulis for because the player was injured. The or, player, they were trying to see the, the spot, spot of the ball. ball. Yeah. That's what I said, too. And then that, they call. That set a terrible precedent. Did they look at everyone on the field? Because there might have been illegal hands to face in the box. Someone might have thrown a punch after the play. Did they look at every single person on that field? And if not, they shouldn't be allowed to look at Batulis. Well, my thing is, like, with the Brian Maurer hit, they threw a flag because they thought something was wrong. They did not throw a flag on Batuli. They yeah. didn't think anything was wrong until they reviewed it and slowed it yeah. down. Yeah, that I mean, yeah, I have a problem. That's the, That is an issue I have with Batulis is that you, I feel like you set a terrible precedent that should now be followed. You should have to review every single play for targeting. Every, you know, you, you shouldn't be allowed to do that when you just because it's stupid. It's stupid, and I hate it. I feel like it sets a terrible precedent. It's not always all of those refs' faults. But if I'm one of those refs, I'm really pissed because you put me in a tough position. Yep. Whether you're the ref on the field, the ref in the SEC office, the ref in the booth, I'm pissed because I'm the guy who catches the flack for it and you didn't do your job. Mm-hmm. If I'm that, I don't know if that linesman from Alabama called any questionable things. If he didn't, I can tell you right now, if I'm that guy, I'm covering my own ass and I'm standing up and going, I'm not an Alabama fan. And if I am, you know, I've set that aside to call a good game. My yeah. colleagues, I don't necessarily agree with every call they make, but I have to roll with them, whatever. That's not me. I'm, you know, I'm a man of integrity, whatever. So you want, I wouldn't you want stand a, for it. You want a public apology or a public, you want a clarification publicly. I think the SEC, official, SEC either one, don't say anything. So Steve Shaw came out and released this. Don't say anything because what you said did not help the situation any. All you pretty much said is, we're right, you're wrong, suck it up. That's pretty much it. So don't say anything. Or the SEC needs to come out and go, if they were going to say anything at all, because you can't tell me. They, he even said they make mistakes. So what you're telling me is there are mistakes in that game. You need to come out and say, this one was wrong, this one was wrong, this one was wrong, and they're going to be addressed with the specific ref that made that call. And it's just like any job performance. We're going to review it. If you can't fix it, he'll be let go. Anything in life. It's simple. He made mistakes. You admitted to it. It's just a part-time job, so I guess it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, it ain't affecting him. Why? Yeah. yeah, I. if you're going to... If you're going to say anything at all, you need to straight up tell the truth. Otherwise, shut up, sit back, do your normal thing. That, yeah. I would I, like a public apology from JG. That would be <laughs> nice. I, you know, and a lot of people are saying that he had the option to call QB sneak. Even if he had that option, you have to tell everyone. You can't just do it. It's not a wide receiver hot route. Obviously, did you not look where you're going? That too. <laughs> but besides the point, let's say he believes it's the best call. He didn't call it. He just did it. Like it was some wide receiver hot route mm-hmm. that he got to make the choice to do. Then he didn't even run it correctly. He tried to jump over his center. Yep. And your left guard was gone. And you're, yeah. <laughs> and again, if we're going to bet on who's right and who's wrong. I know who, where my odds are going. Yeah. So I'm done talking about Alabama, that crap. Focus on South Carolina. Who do you start? I think you, you said it. JT Shroud is 
probably going to be your starter. And I think it should be. You can't roll out there with JG after what he did Saturday night. No. I don't you can. can. Now, if JT Stroud plays terrible and you put JG in, that's that's different. Yeah. But you can't you can't, you can't roll start him out there. Him. No. Cannot start. Him. And I, I think you do. You do some wildcat, you do some things that throw off the defense. Yeah, and probably try to alleviate some pressure from uh JT Stroud too. Yeah. I think it starts up front. You know, if you're able to establish the run game, that's a quarterback's best friend. Absolutely. Open everything up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um you got anything else for South Carolina? I'm I think this is Bryce Thompson's game. Okay. I think he has heard a lot about how South Carolina didn't even really want him. He's from Dutch Fork in South Carolina. So, I think this is going to be a big game for him. We'll see. I don't know. I'm not not too keen on him yet. He hadn't had a phenomenal year. We'll see. Maybe no, this is coming out party. That, that's what I'm saying. I, yeah. I think this is a big game to watch Bryce Thompson. I think he's going to be amped up. They have one good wide receiver. I expect Bryce Thompson to be on him. Yeah, it definitely, it'll definitely be Bryce Thompson. Yep. It'll definitely be Bryce Thompson. I'm excited. Big game. This Dude, I hate Muschamp so much. Yeah, he's, he's a freaking psychopath. He's annoying. If uh, if you lose this game, it's going to be almost, you know, it's not impossible yet, but it's going to be very, very difficult to get to bowl eligibility. You win this game, it doesn't become necessarily easier, but you're one game, you know, you, you're, you're getting there. You're working, you're chipping away at it. What do you um, do if Eric Ainge writes a letter to, like, Brian Maurer or something? Do you, like... I, I mean, I'm assuming JG never even saw the one from Eric Ainge because <laughs> he shared it on Twitter, and according to JG, he doesn't get on Twitter anymore. So he didn't actually write him a letter. It was uh, yeah. more of a note. It's kind of uh, weird. It, well, I don't even know. He, JG never received it, according to JG. No. Because he apparently doesn't get on Twitter anymore, so how would he see it? I don't know. That's where Eric Ainge posted it. It's kind of, kind of weird. I didn't know if he like sent it to him and then posted it to Twitter what he sent to him. I, here's my thing: if you're gonna write someone a personal letter, you probably shouldn't post it. <laughs> True. Apparently, he was crying this morning. Not, I don't know if he was like, but you know, whining about people being mean to JG. Look, Trey Smith said it best. I think it was Trey Smith. He said JG shouldn't be catching a lot of the flack that he is, but at the end of the day, you're a Division One quarterback at a high level. Kind of comes with a gig. Yeah, you take you take it. Which, there have been a lot of Tennessee fans that have been really mean and unfair to him. I don't think I'm one of them. Maybe I have been unfair. I don't know. But I said some things on Saturday I probably wasn't impressed. Yeah, but he didn't hear them. And I didn't post oh, them on Twitter. No. I'm saying didn't. them behind his back. How about- <laughs> <laughs> You're not mean at all. Yeah, I mean, he if he's worried about what people are saying about him that he can't hear, then then he's definitely going to he's gonna struggle at any. He's never going to play anywhere beyond When is the ball game? How about that? Yeah. By just playing quarterback. Just just win. Let's not talk about him. Huge recruiting news. We got some huge. Huge. Huge, massive recruiting news. It was a big recruiting week. week. This is another big week, but yeah, Tuesday was the culmination of a lot of things. Yeah, it started with that Whitehaven trio. Um, all three committed last night within an hour of each other. Someone tweeted, by the way, real quick. Someone tweeted, weren't they coming here all along? Well, considering one was committed to Arkansas... And one was committed to Mississippi State at one point. No, they were not coming here the whole time. Who said that? Someone, I think someone was just trying to devalue like what they've done on the recruiting trail and said that. Like pretty much said like you know they didn't have to work to get. Was it an recruit. SEC official? Probably. Oh, nice. So yeah, so you got four star inside linebacker Bryson Easton, four star inside linebacker Martavius French, 
Um, and then four-star, I think Tennessee is actually recruiting him as a nickelback, and that's Tamarian McDonald, all from Whitehaven. Let me tell you a little bit about Whitehaven. Four shutouts this season. They're 6-1, and one, yeah. four shutouts, only giving up 4.3 points per game um, on defense. I think the most they've given up all season is their one loss to um, Brentwood Academy. They gave up 17 points. Yeah, that and Brentwood's a good team. Yeah, I mean, and, and Whitehaven is is one of the best programs in the state of Tennessee. Yeah, at the highest level. So yeah, I, I'm. I think props to David Johnson. Um, yeah, I mean to go in there and get those guys who were at one point committed. Now it helps that those two programs are not doing so hot. But yeah, I mean we aren't either. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah pro, I mean props to him just recruiting Memphis. You know just getting those relationships where we can go in there and recruit because it hasn't like past couple of years, it's been non-existent Tennessee going into Memphis and pulling out a recruit. You went and got Jeremy Banks, RP, um, drum Carvin. Um, then last year you got Eric gray and then now you just get these three. <clears throat> you still got Amari Thomas, Chris Morris. It looks like he's off the board, um, going to Texas A&M, but I still don't think it's over. So you got, you still got some talent left. Marcus Henderson's another one. You still got some talent left that you're you're wanting to go get. Hopefully, this is the the start of something great where Tennessee's able to go in Memphis and get recruits. Right. Because yeah, it's in the same state, but it's it's closer to Mississippi. It's yeah. closer to Arkansas. It's it's not like recruiting, you know, the Chattanooga area, which isn't it, not like it's full of talent, or even the Nashville area, which isn't you know isn't super close. Um, it's not the same. I mean, yeah. Atlanta's closer than Memphis. Right. So, yeah. Put that in perspective. Um, so, it jumps Tennessee's recruiting class to the number 20 class um, with 17 commits. I think it's number 19 per rivals. But I think Tennessee's doing a good job of just filling holes with this class. You Absolutely. Know? And then, I mean, when you look at the linebacker position, that was a that's a huge need right now. Yeah. And then to get three four-stars that are also current teammates, I mean, that's big. And they wear number one, two, and three. I feel really? like that's freaking. Can we keep that? Sick. That's pretty cool. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. Or I need them to wear like 99, 98, 97, something like that. <laughs> 41, 42, 43. Yeah, something like that. I need. Linebacker I need something numbers. along those lines. Yeah. So <clears throat> doing a good job filling holes. Um, you have some official visits this weekend. Four-star defensive tackle Mari Thomas out of Memphis. Four-star defensive end Jay Hardy out of Chattanooga. Uh, four-star JUCO cornerback commit Art Green, and then three-star offensive guard Kyrie Miller um, will take their official visits to Knoxville this weekend for the South Carolina game. I guess the face mask tug didn't really hurt recruiting that much. No. We knew it would. At Kevin Nash. Jimbo, Muschamp. These guys that get good recruits all the time do it. Yeah. We knew it wouldn't. Safe. We're good. And then, what about Kevin? Uh, I'll get into that later. It's one of my stupidities. So okay. We'll get into it. So, um, then basketball. You got five-star shooting guard Jaden Springer committed to the Vols. You have three commits in this class that are in the top 36 players in the country. Yeah. The backcourt's going to be nasty. Now, got to answer some questions in the front court. Yeah, got to go get but. some big guys. Yeah, I'd like to see us getting some big guys. That's my only knock right now is... I, th- I think that's where Tennessee's going. They're, 
they're filled up right now, but they're gonna probably um, oversign and and sign a big guy. We need a big guy. We need Uros to get to get eligible. Uros. We need 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 big guys. Yeah. So, I'm if excited. You're, if you're six foot ten and would like to play for the Tennessee Volunteers, call Rick Barnes at. That's my cell. Ricky B. That's my cell right there. We need big guys. So we have the number four recruiting class in the country right now. I think that's Tennessee's highest to date. It's got to be. Four. And I don't think anybody will jump. And Tennessee's never signed two five stars in class. Yeah. I looked at that today. Um, Tobias Harris, Scotty Hobson. I feel like that's when recruiting rankings was actually a thing. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's freaking huge to get Jaden Springer – Jaden Springer, Keon Johnson. What if Josiah James stays another year? I wouldn't want to play you, against our guards. Where do you play all these guys at? Yeah. That's a lot of minutes to split up. I think with signing both of those guys, you're kind of banking on Josiah leaving, right? Not banking on it, but like you're thinking he probably leaves. Which I mean, mean, I mean, one of them could play the three. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you, you can make it work. If you have that much talent, you can make it work. Yeah, but. I, I don't know. I'm curious to see. This is going to be fun. Because I have a feeling if Josiah gets healthy, he'll probably be bringing the ball off the court. Now I don't know where the other guys fall. But that's also looking a year ahead, not even at this year. So Yeah, I mean, we'll see. It looks like Josiah James is kind of getting a not as fast as a start as he like. No, Coming back from injury. I was going to say, um, that's, that's more health-related. I think once he gets healthy and he'll be well, yeah. good to go. Which, yeah, that's what it was. Which maybe it's something kind of like Lamonte. We don't see him until... After Christmas this year. I doubt it, but... Are we becoming a blue blood? No. You don't think? Not yet. You need, like, four more classes like this before I even see But are are we, like... This is the start of it, right? I mean, yeah, you had to start somewhere, I guess. (laughs) I mean, that's all where we're... We're we're not getting any three stars. It's five and four stars. If you you put together three more classes, so you consider this previous class, next class... Three more classes of five, four. You're ranked in the top. I'll say top ten. I'll consider us blue. Okay, well, let me tell you about the official visits this weekend for the 2021 class. You have five-star, small forward, Paolo Bonchero. He's the number three player in the country. To start. Five-star point guard, Kennedy Chandler out of Memphis. The number two point guard in the country. I think number 16 overall. But again, I got to ask, where are my big guys at? Well, or Paolo is a power forward star. Oh. He's not a small forward. Okay. Power forward. That makes me feel better. Yeah. How tall is he? Let's let's, let's look it up. Let's, let's look see. it up. I need some height. Okay. I need some. I need a big bodied. I need my guys like Jarnell Stokes, who get 18 rebounds a game. I don't care if it's because they missed 17 shots and got their own rebounds. I need. Are you forgetting about bounds. my man that's already on the team? He's not eligible. Bonchero is six nine. That's a, that's good. I, I'm getting there. Okay. I'm getting there. I need some giraffe-looking mother effers like Kyle Alexander. That's what I need. Roche, baby, Roche. He's got to get eligible first. But he'll be eligible this at this time. That's true. He'll... We're good. Hey, you just leave it to Ricky B. You let him do the recruiting. He's he's going to make it work. I'm going to let Kim English do the recruiting as well. I'm going to let well, who whoever, gonna, who whoever's bringing them in here. Yeah, whoever the bag, just let them keep. Whoever the bag man is, just yeah, keep let them keep coming. Keep up the good work. Um, 
you know, I hope all my I hope all my basketball and football players are driving Dodge Chargers. But it's I think it's it's great that I mean five years ago were you thinking Tennessee is going to sign two potentially three five stars in one class? Well, I mean, no, but we had the money to do it. I don't know why we haven't. <laughs> You've got the freaking, but, but really, really got, though, like I, take re- the money out of really. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm being, where Tennessee basketball was at. We had to build that. I'm being dead serious when I say I've never understood why a school like Tennessee wouldn't just open the pockets. Like we could be a mix of Kentucky basketball and Alabama football if we were just like f it, let's do it. And I feel like we're fine. Like Philip Fulmer's like we're gonna do it. Like, I feel like we're getting there. And then throw in an Ole Miss baseball. Are we getting there with Tony V? We'll talk about it here in a minute. Are we getting there with Tony V? Are we going to have like a – are we going to have some Mississippi some Mississippi baseball vibes? I'd... Dude, I'm I'm excited for baseball. I think Chad's not going to be on until 730, so we might have to keep going a little bit. Oh, we'll just <clears> – I'll talk about how – what all the kinds of cars we can buy our players <laughs> that we should be doing it. Are they staying in the Nazis? I think apartments? you're committing an NCAA violation I, on the show right now. I'm not doing anything. I'm not related to the school at all. I'm saying what they should be doing. They're not doing it, and that's upsetting me. Stay clear of the NCAA. Listen, I think we're I think we're getting there though. We should be. I hope we are. They the NCAA has proven if you don't self-report, they don't care. Look, Missouri's the only team that's been screwed recently. They self-reported. They self-reported. Quit <laughs> self-reporting. Look at Auburn. Bruce Pearl is somehow still clean, and Donnie Tindall got like a 10-year show clause. Yeah. I'm telling you, don't don't go to – barbecues are stupid. Cars, apartments, chains. I, I think kids like chains nowadays. Keyword. Don't bring Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg is like telling them. It's like, hey, we're paying these kids. We brought Snoop Dogg and some acrobatic strippers. Check us out. We're paying. So, is there a difference in acrobatic strippers and it was like acrobatic non- dancers? I just combined it. Okay, so is there non-acrobatic dancers too? No, no, no. So it's strippers, but it's like, it's like, what, what, would you write that you were a stripper on your resume, or would you write you're an acrobatic dancer? So Snoop Dogg was like trying to get into the school. He's like, I just got my acrobatic dancers with me. I'm a metal pole engineer. Yeah, like that's what he was. He was like, this is my. These are my. He's like, I do song and dance, and these are my acrobatic dancers. That was like him, his resume. Yeah, I feel like on that resume, you're like, okay, what is an acrobatic dancer? You, They clearly didn't know who Snoop Dogg was. Like, <laughs> yeah. Bill Self has never listened it's to Snoop Dogg. It's the D-O-W-G. But they didn't I, get it. Not I guess. Yeah, I, you know. You got to know what you know. Bill Self I, messed up. Bill Self messed up. <laughs> He's pay, he knows how to pay him, though. He knows how to pay him. Because if you can get a 6'9 dude to come play basketball in the middle of Kansas in the winter, you're paying him money. No one does that for free. No. No one. I wouldn't. No one would. How, mu- how, much money, how much money would it take for you to go play basketball in Kansas? No, I mean, for me, not a lot. <laughs> I, I, do I mean, pretty, like, well, I do like, pretty cheap. Hey, you're, you're moving to, where are they even at? Something Kansas. Oh shoot! I I knew that before you said it because I've been watching that less uh, miles to go show. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no. Okay, how much would it take for you to go play Lawrence. football? Is it Lawrence? That might sound Lawrence, right. Kansas. For the well, Mad Hatter. I, let me try to th- think. I'm oh, a, he's paying money. I'm a five star recruit. Let's say I'm from Atlanta, so I'm from a big city. Yeah, ATL. Kansas comes up. We want you to play running back for us. The running back, y'all. 
I, see, I, I'm, a, I'm an easygoing man. Give me a car. Give me some cash. Maybe a nice apartment. I'm good to go. So what are we looking at? 30000 40000 a year? It's not bad. For a car, what kind of car are you getting? Well, uh, by year. Oh. Because you're not getting a new car every year. They, they get you like, you know, you're recruiting 20. I'm about to say, but that first year is going to be a little bit First expensive. year, they're shelling out like, you know, forty grand. I, what kind of car are you getting? Whatever car. Whatever's popular. What are the hoes like? That's <laughs> what I'm getting. But for $40,000, you get a new car, an apartment. You don't buy the apartment. You rent the apartment. It's like, yeah, but it's still per year. Okay, at the most, at the most, an apartment in Kansas, you probably ten, paying about ten grand, ten grand a year. And so what that's else? Forty did, grand. What, what else four. did you say? You said, I'm a I'm a five star though. I'm going to the NFL. That's thirty grand over three. What else did you say? Okay, though? a car. So let's let's put this into the three years. I'm going early. Let's be honest. I'm going to the draft. <laughs> thirty over. So that's thirty thousand dollars for your apartment. Let's pay. Let's let's say a thirty thousand dollar car. Let's take it light. Okay. Because I mean, I I don't know. They're probably buying it used. The the dude who's giving it to me is probably his dealership, so he's not it's not gonna cost him thirty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Let's say thirty. That's sixty thousand. Then I need some cash on hand, you know, get a chain and tattoos so I don't get some shoes. Some shoes. We see a lot of players at a is it so, finish line. Let, yeah. Let's say a, that's that's sixty is par- finish line apartment a, and car. A sponsor of Tennessee? I'm sure. Okay. So let's say sixty apartment and car. Let's say forty more for cash on hand. It's okay. hundred thousand dollars. You got me a hundred thousand dollars. I'll go play football in Kansas for three years. A hundred thousand dollars a year, or a hundred thousand dollars. Period. Period. Oh. I'll go play football in Kansas. But what if you got to say a fourth? Huh? They I just, gotta say a fourth. They just I mean, max out that hundred. Hundred's it. You, you got to make it three. One year, hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my one year deal. You're one and done. That's my one year deal. That that's if that's if my they want me to stay for my senior year. But hey, I'm going to the NFL. I'm happy. I'm going to get that rookie contract. I'm a five star that just had a great three years of football, no injuries. I'm getting a nice rookie contract. Okay, but let's take this into account because so you're five star. <laughs> you could go literally anywhere in the country. But you said Kansas. Okay, but now I'm now I'm saying I'm saying what like you got offers from everywhere. You're not are, going to Kansas for a hundred thousand dollars. What are they offering me in Tuscaloosa? I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I might find my way to Bryant Denny Stadium. Name your prize. They, they'll buy me four Dodge Chargers, all different colors. Yeah, and they'll just throw penalties whenever you want them. I mean, yeah, throw a bag. That's a tangent right there. That's nice. Well, how much money would it cost you all? Would it take you all? Not cost. Take you all. To get you to Lawrence, Kansas for three years. Play for the Mad Hatter, baby. That's it. He eats grass. Lamb doesn't even need a payment. He's just going to play for less miles. He'll be happy. Loves grass. <laughs> um, so Grass-fed. Right. That's grass-fed beef. You, you, you got to go. pay top dollar for that. Right. We're not getting... Uh, we're we're going to have Chad Zerker on. He's the director of baseball operations. That's going to be uh, later on in the show. He can't come on until a little bit later. No, no big deal, though. We have tangents like these that we can go off on. Um, but we will go ahead and take a look at college football this week. I feel like this is a lame week. This is my lame week. This is where I go, ah, this isn't a very intriguing week. There's you say like two, that every time I say there's pretty good games on. There's like two or three good games that I'm like, I'm going to watch, stay interested in. Other than that, though. Also, okay, so Thursday, what about Southern, what about SMU being ranked number 16? Who they play? They haven't They're playing Houston. Right. I mean, I'm sure they played nobody. I'm just saying. They're number 16. That's pretty crazy. They beat TCU by three. Oh, wow. USF? Yeah, no. <laughs> App State's ranked number 20. So is that like, just insane to me, or is that insane to you? 
I feel like they actually played UNC. Yeah, they haven't really played them. I was about to say, I think they just played like yeah, you know, one or two. They played ETSU. Boxes. They won. 42 to 7. I wore that ass out, yeah. ETSU, I think, lost to UTC. I they did. Yep. Yeah. They have a they have a cool trophy. Have you seen their trophy? Mm-mm. Trying to, like I'm trying to draw it for you. I'll have to look it up for you. You gonna draw it for me? Yeah. Nice. On the board behind me. <laughs> I need a white. What's that one dude on uh, around the horn that has a whiteboard? We need a whiteboard. Woody Page. Is it Woody Page? <laughs> Probably. I need a whiteboard. He liked our, or he commented or something on our tweet one time. Well, I need a whiteboard like Woody Page. Is it Woody Page? I don't know. But yeah, let's. That's our next. That's what we're getting. A whiteboard for okay. the wall. Add uh, that to the expenses. Yeah. If anybody would like to donate a whiteboard, uh, <laughs> just let us know. We'll take it. Take it off your hands. If you're looking to get one out of your that house. That would be fun to like make plays. Plays? I was just going like, to draw random things on it. Yeah, I mean, whatever. So that, I mean, yeah, whatever. <laughs> let's just draw our own. Let's have a segment where it's just like draw your own Madden play. And that's what we'll do. So what's your score prediction for Saturday? Let's get into that. Oh, shoot. Uh, don't do that to me. Because South Carolina is not a bad football team. No, they're not. Now, they're... I don't they, think they're as good as they think they are. No, they played Alabama decent in the second... Or first half, excuse me. They got wore out by slants though, in the second half, which yeah. is embarrassing. We didn't get scored up. We almost got a, a slant housed on us, but we didn't. We didn't. Did not get scored on by slants. Um, I, you know, Alabama... Or, sorry, South Carolina's not great. They did play Florida close until the fourth quarter, something we weren't able to do. I'm going to go... It's not going to be a high-scoring game if we win. Tell you that. I'll say JT Strout and Vols, 27. South Carolina, 19. Okay. I'm going to go 24-20, Vols. 24-20. We just get it done. Let's get that done. Let's get it. Let's do it. College Football Saturday. Uh, the game I biggest game I've circled because I'm curious to see if they can bounce back because I, I like them. I just think Ohio State may run away with it that fast paced offense. But number thirteen Wisconsin at number three Ohio State. Yeah, dang it, Wisconsin. I know, man. I know. But hey, the cool thing is, is if Wisconsin beats Ohio State, the Big Ten is out of it unless Penn State can stay undefeated. They're out of it. You don't think Wisconsin can come back? I shouldn't say they're out of it. Sorry, that opens the door for two SEC teams. Oh yeah, sorry, 100%. that's what I should say. Yeah, actually, the door the door's probably already open. You know, assuming the losses happen the right way, the door's already open because Pac-12 is gone. <laughs> they're out of it. They're terrible. Yeah. What about Clemson? What what they drop back to four? Yep. Whew, what about that? Who do they play this week? Nobody. Probably not. They play Boston College. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> I mean, it's. I don't. They played Texas A and M, so I don't know what you do, but they're going to be in the top four. If they win out, they're going to be in the top four. Clemson. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So Ooh. I mean, they don't really have to worry about it now. If it was just the BCS where it was just two teams, then Clemson would be like, "Oh crap." Yeah. This would be a tough year because they've had some close games and not looked fantastic. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Another game. All eyes on. Whoo! Excuse me. Getting tired, man. Is it late? Dark now. It gets dark too early now. Uh, Auburn. Number nine, Auburn at number two, LSU. I expect LSU to take care of business, but it's the SEC, man. You never know. 
what flags are going to be thrown. Yeah, it, it's in it's in Baton Rouge, so I'm I'm going to go with LSU. I'm I, don't, I don't know if is Auburn good. No. I just sometimes I'm like, yeah, they're pretty good. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, I don't think they're that great. They're not good. That Florida game, I was just like, man, oof. Yeah. They did put it on Arkansas last week. They did. You're right. Which everybody else is too. So. <laughs> Poor um, Arkansas, man. Poor Arkansas. And they got to play Alabama this week. We're not Arkansas. That's the only good thing. It's the only good thing we got going for us. What if Arkansas pulls up the upset against Alabama? Um, I'll send a U-Haul to JG's house. Also, the line is at 31-31. Taking Alabama. Cover. Oh, yeah. I, I agree. But, like, is it just because two is probably not playing? I assume, yeah. Because I was like, dang. Yeah. I assume that's just due to two not playing. Yep. Yeah, Arkansas is not a great football team, so they're not going to cover. No. Notre Dame, Michigan. Notre Dame, Michigan. There's a couple good games. There's a couple, but I feel like last week was a good slate. I just, I wanted to, I hadn't said it in like four weeks that it wasn't a good week, so I'm going to say it this week. Let's see. Let's, let's count in my head what I consider a good game. One, two, three, four, four good games. Notre Dame, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Auburn, and LSU. That's what I considered good games. What about Texas, TCU? I feel like Texas is going to win. Texas is uh, the line's at two. Is it? Yeah. Wow. Is Texas that bad? I don't know. I don't know either. Is the Big 12 that bad? Yes. <laughs> Outside of uh, Oklahoma, yes. Which Oklahoma's defense is terrible. Right. As, as expected. Which is crazy to me. Like, they, they do such a good job of recruiting, but defense just ain't got it. If you don't need a defense, why? I guess so. But, but when you get to the playoff, then you need them. You need it. I mean, unless they're, I mean, if they're okay with just winning the Big 12 every year, probably brings in enough money. They don't. They I don't. Guess so. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe Lincoln Raleigh will. First 200. Whew. Retire. I need a coffee. Quit huh? and go to Tennessee? Do what now? Is that what you're about to say? If Lincoln Riley quits and goes to Tennessee? Yeah, let's do it. I'm all, I'm on board. I'm on board for that. Uh, I like Jeremy Pruitt, but uh, I'm on board for that. Lincoln Riley is a really good coach. He's all right. <laughs> he inherited something great. I'm just kidding. I mean, he is a good coach. Uh, I've got Cal. I mean, I, I wrote these games down. Washington State at Oregon. Oregon ranked number 11. Interesting. Then I've got uh Are they how many games have they lost? Oh, they just lost one. Yeah. So maybe the Pac twelve isn't out of it. Because Oregon's only loss is to Auburn, right? Yep. Is a one loss yeah, I guess a one loss Pac twelve team has to get in over a one loss SEC team that didn't win it. They'll yeah. probably lose. Probably. Well, okay, so let's 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 draw this up real quick. So let's say uh, LSU would have had to lose to an East team. Never mind. Or Alabama would have had to lose to an East team. And they both played their – or Alabama's played their East team. I don't know about LSU. Uh, LSU's played Florida. I don't know if they played their other one. Because if LSU had lost to Florida, Alabama had lost to LSU, you could have a – well, that wouldn't, you wouldn't have an undefeated conference champion. Never mind. All right. Well, scenarios are out. <laughs> Pac-12 still in it. Dang it. We need Oregon to lose to Washington State this week. Get them out. 
That's what we need. So LSU, they be they had to play Vandy. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. That was yeah, that's right. Sixty six to thirty eight. I'm yeah. surprised Vandy scored that many points. I think they pulled some people early. I mean, I probably would too. Right. Right. Anything else for college football this week? Dude, Vandy's terrible. <laughs> Vandy's awful. <laughs> if we lose to Vandy this this year, you, I mean, you got to fire Pruitt, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. He's done. <clears throat> done. Oh, we can't even like. Hey, make... so I know this is going around right now, and it's a big thing. The the tug on the face mask. Like, why are people so upset about? It's just the, well, first off, it's just Twitter, you know. Twitter going to Twitter? Yeah. I mean, people are, you know, people are going to outrage Facebook, Twitter. It's easy to outrage. Um, easy to have the outrage. And then it's the, you know, a lot of people getting pissed or like, you know, have to show their toughness and be like, um, you know, if my coach, you know, if he did that to me, I would have knocked his ass out. And yeah. He I never don't. done that for me. First off, little... B-I-T-C-H. I watched you get your face mask tugged in high school and you didn't do a thing. Or probably middle school was the last time you played football and you didn't do a thing. So, easy on that one. Excuse me. Yeah, wasn't it like Marcus Spears saying that we got to be okay with a player that retaliates? Yeah. Okay. Is he going to punch... Because yeah. I feel like I feel like there's two different extremes here, right? And yeah, also, one pulling on something. If he like knocked his hat down, that would be one thing. Also, can we look at like the difference in like what Jeremy Pruitt did and what like people like Jimbo Fisher did? Like Jimbo Fisher had that dude's face mask, and he's like yanking it around. Yeah, I'm like that's a little over the top. <laughs> yeah, he's playing rock and sock and robots. Yeah, I'm like that's. I can see why people are upset about that. Jeremy Pruitt's is like a don't walk away from me. Yeah, kind of tug. And like, who did he do it to last year? The defense—I think it was a defensive lineman. He grabs his helmet and like gets in his face. Jerry Pruitt did it. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who. It like was. he didn't like slap him over side the head for being an idiot. He grabbed him to like make eye contact. Yeah. And I'm like, all these parents that are outraged by it, they're like, if you ever did that to my kid, teach your kid to take criticism and make eye contact, and he doesn't end up like a little bitch who can't look someone in the eyes. Yep. Yeah. Let's. I'm gonna tell you right now. Now again, Jimbo Fisher would have been different if I if if Jimbo Fisher's doing this to my kid's helmet, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, "Why'd you do that?" And he's like, "You wouldn't make eye contact." Well, probably because you were slinging his head all the all around. <laughs> That's his different. eyes were in the back of his head. Yeah. Then we're having a different conversation. But if I ask Jeremy Pruitt, "Why'd you do that to my kid?" and he's like, "He wouldn't look me in the eyes." Well, then I'm gonna go to my kid and be like, you "Look know, him in the eyes." Yeah, look him in the eyes. Look him in the eyes. I, I mean, I've never had, I've had my face blasts grabbed, my shoulder pads grabbed multiple times, and I've never had a problem. I, well, this wasn't shoulder pads, this is basketball. The only problem I had with it one time was when a coach was like, this game's on you, and I played for two and a half seconds, we were down by six. I was like, that's not true. That's <laughs> just a lie. <laughs> I got put in because someone fouled out, making an intentional foul. Like, this game's not on me. <laughs> yeah, that's, no. no. That's that the only bad. problem I had with it. And he grabbed my jersey and pulled me back. We just wanted somebody to blame, like in case we lost. Yeah, so that that's well, the only problem. <laughs> that's the only time I've had a problem with it. But so you're yeah. telling me you did not score six points to tie the game? I tried, man. I got that rebound and took off down the court. Probably airballed the three. I don't even remember. 
I, I have no idea. But, it was uh, all on you. It was all on me. I was like, dang it, I lost that game for us. <laughs> you didn't run as fast because it was all on your shoulders. Yeah. And, uh, Just the weight. I've had my shoulder pad grab multiple times, you know, yanked back. and I, I've never had it out of control. I've never been like, wow, he shouldn't have done that. I don't know. I also got spanked by my parents, though. And I definitely deserved every spanking I've ever received. Oh, so, yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know. It's whatever. People are crazy. Yeah, I mean, like... Do we remember when Jeremy Pruitt was coaching at Hoover High School? Do you remember that? I mean, there was no, like, soft words or anything. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, my, I don't know. It's just a – I definitely understand where people are coming from where, like, it could go too far. I definitely understand that. But, like, you can't do all these what-ifs all the time. Like, he grabbed his face mask to get his attention. That's it. Yeah. Like, I've even seen a video of Jimbo Fisher just grabbing his face mask and pulling the guy in closer. That's fine with me. I have no problem with that. No, but. it's it's not an issue whatsoever. People just need to stop talking about it. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I would way rather. I think the officiating was way more of an issue than <laughs> right. anything Jeremy Pruitt has right. ever done. They didn't throw a flag on that, so they must have seen nothing. They were okay with it. Yep. They would have thrown that flag too. They were they were quick on it. They were quick on it. So two things: don't grab face masks, don't do U turns. Yeah. Two things. What did the do you know what the Carter coach got thrown out for? I saw where it was appealed. No, I don't. I didn't. He see got thrown that. out of the central game. I was just curious what he did. Hmm. I don't know. It's very interesting. Did he grab a face mask? He might have. Might have grabbed a face mask. <laughs> Maybe he went full Jimbo. Maybe. Just throwing the kids around. Jimbo thought he was Kimbo. His so name on Twitter cracks me up. Have you ever seen it? Hmm. Let's see if we can find it. I don't even know who it is. Who is it? <sighs> It's not Meadows, is it? Scott Meadows, yeah. It is it? His okay. name is Smoke and Mirrors RPO Wing T, head coach Carter Hornets, Scott Meadows, founder of the Smoke and Mirrors RPO Wing T, consultant on Shotgun Wing T. Smoke sounds, and Mirrors RPO Wing T is the name of his is his Twitter app. That sounds like the worst. I've never watched Carter play. But they don't even run the Wing T. I don't know then. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I don't, I don't know. Uh, you got a coach who specializes in the wing tee, but they do not run the wing tee. That's probably what he's thrown out for. It's he, false advertising. <laughs> he know he knows how bad it is. He's like, I'm not going to put fans through that. Yeah. Um, we've got we've still got NFL to do for you. Before we do that, though, um, director of baseball operations Chad Zerger, we're going to get him on here. We're going to go to a quick break. Have him back on. Going to talk about uh, everything Vol baseball, Tony Vitello era. And, uh, you know, his experiences within the uh, Vol Baseball program. So we're going to grab him real quick. We'll be right back.
We welcome onto the show Chad Zerker. Chad is the director of operations for the Tennessee baseball program. Chad, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. We're just running a camp right now. Uh, I think everybody over at UT would tell you that the lifeblood's recruiting, uh, starting with Coach Fulmer all the way down through. Uh, so part of that's running some camps and getting some guys on campus, and uh, that's what we got going on right now. So you got any of your uh, commits to add to the list that we've gotten in the last couple of days? Um, I think we had one from uh, up in the Pennsylvania area commit last week. That's probably the most recent one, uh, right-handed pitcher, uh, young kid, but big kid that's already up to 89. So I think that'll that'll help. You know, it's oh, it's goodness. crazy the way recruiting works these days. You're already, you know, three, four years out in advance, you know, freshman in high schools and uh so it's kind of it's kind of nuts, you know, as you try to load up early and and get the guys you want because uh, everybody else is after the same guys. Yeah, that's that's awesome to hear. So so Chad, you're you're from South Knoxville, played at South Duel, go Keys. Um, you, you went <laughs> yeah, on there <sir>, always. <laughs> you went on and played at Memphis, played in the Mets organization for a while. Um, you know what kind of made you want to come back to Knoxville and, and just stay in the game of baseball? I mean, it's, for me, the first and foremost, it's home. You know, I, I feel like South Knoxville is a different place. Uh, people don't realize unless you've been there, it's hard, it's hard to get out of. You know, I mean, I live in West Knoxville now. My parents are still in South Knoxville. My brother is. So the, the draw was always come back home. My whole family is around this area, so it's nice to be around them and then also around the game of baseball. Just the opportunity uh, to work at the University of Tennessee. Like I said, I went to Memphis, but I grew up around here. I've seen the success of this program. Um, so it's just a draw to be around baseball. I didn't really necessarily want to get into the coaching side, kind of because of what we talked about with the recruiting. Uh, the amount of time these guys spend on the road, it's, I tip my hat to them because it was something I never thought I could do. You know, I thought if I was going to coach, it would be the high school level or maybe in the professional level where you're, you're more stationed. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was an opportunity to be at home, be, be around baseball and a program that's got a, got a bright future because of the past. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you started your position with the program in 2016. You're entering in your fourth year. Um, so, you're part of that previous staff that was at Tennessee. You know, what was the transition like when Tony Vitello took over? Uh, it was kind of crazy. It was real hectic at first. Uh, you know, he comes in, gets hired. I uh, find out he gets hired. I get his phone number and text him and say, hey, man, I'd you know, I'd love to stay on. Congrats on the job. Uh you know, he he responded to me, which he had no reason to do that. You know, he responded right away when he was in Knoxville, was about to get on a flight, and he said, "We'll talk about it." You know, and once all this stuff kind of settles down, and we sat down, and he said, "Hey, you know, first and foremost, I got to get on the road. Uh, we'll just call it a day by day thing right now, and and see where it goes." You know, I had pe- I had some people in my corner. I felt like I had good relationships here that were uh, behind me, and kind of on him to stay, which you know probably wasn't right for him at first. Uh, you know, so I, I think I helped out at first by going on the road before the other coaches were hired. He sent me recruiting a little bit, and you know, about three weeks into it, he said, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep you on board." And, and it was it was a big relief because, like I said, I'm at home and and working around the game of baseball, and I could see the kind of energy he brought. You know, I would never, never say a bad thing about the previous staff. One, they gave me a start, and I think they're really good baseball people. So it's good to be around different people and still learning the game. You know, it's one of those things you're around sports. You're always learning. There's always something different right. that comes up and then listen to different minds and being around uh, Coach Patello and the, the energy he brought and the assistant coaches bring on a daily basis. Yeah, and, and speaking of that, um, the 
the transition between the coaching staffs, you also see some of the biggest differences in, you know, both ends of the spectrum with the seasons that, you know, the last season of Serrano and then the first and second season of Vitello. What were some of the, in the locker room and uh, on the road, on the field, what were some of the biggest differences you saw with the team? Because a lot of those guys consisted of the same people. Um, you know, I would say just the, the work ethic. I think they, they relate to the players very well. Uh, I'm not saying the previous staff didn't, but just to, to be able to get the most out of every guy. You know, when you bring in a pitching coach like Frank Anderson who had so much experience, and, and I think it was just that belief. You know, they're, they're, at first it was just getting over uh, over the hump of, of you, you don't have to lose. You know, it's, it's kind of you see the same thing in football. Uh, I think they're turning the corner basketball the first two years of Rick Barnes. It's It's a culture. There's a lot that goes into that, and it's you know it's bringing in players to compete. Uh, you know, like like you said, a lot of those guys were the guys that were on those previous teams, but they were younger as well. And then you bring in some pieces to mix with that, and that's what created that success last year. You know, a lot of those guys, Andre Lipsius, Zach Lingenfelter, Gary Stallings, they were all previous staff guys, but they were freshmen. This is a this is a big boy league in the SEC, uh, and it takes it takes guys in years and. Uh, inserting some pieces like like Al Solari to play in the outfield, who's an all-conference player his first year, uh, to, to finish off that and get us to the 40 wins and back into a regional. Yeah, and you talked about the, the success from last year. The 40 wins, the, the first NCAA tournament, tournament appearance since 2005. Just talk about that season and, and what it was like to experience that postseason um, for the first time in, in such a long time. Well, you know, it's for me, it was awesome because I'd never been to a regional. My four years at Memphis, we just missed a couple times, never got in. Uh, first few years here, never got in. Uh, you know, high school state runner-up, didn't win a, an actual ring until my last year in professional baseball. But it's kind of one of those things, all these coaches, they get here and they talk Omaha. And my thought, I want to go to a regional. I've never done it. I want to see what it's about, you know. And it was the same way for our team. You know, we had these guys for three, four years. You watch it on TV every year, so it's hard not to – not to go there and uh, and and just the, the experience, man. It's unbelievable. They take care of you when you get there. You're playing the best of the best. Uh, you know, we lose that game to North Carolina, but when you when it boils down to it, you're you're in the regional final. There's not many teams left. You know, you win those two, you're one of the last 16. So it's it, it's tough, you know. And but it was fun to experience, and I think it keeps these guys hungry because now they did get there. You sit, you know, you get extra meal money. You get to spend more time. You don't have to go to summer ball as early, which can be a grind. Uh, you're just playing baseball without school, so I think they, they learned what it takes to get there. I mean, it's been 14 years. You know, I'm looking at the numbers on the wall right now, 2005, 2019. It's way too long at a place like this with the resources and the, and the kind of players that come through here in this league. So I think uh, going forward it'll be a little uh, – I won't, won't say easier, but it'll be easier for the guys to say, I want to do that, and what does it take to get there. Yeah, and – you look at this team, This you mentioned the resources at a place like Tennessee, and then uh, the talent and the coaches on campus. Are the expectations to be back in that regional to go farther? I mean, I realize everyone, and you talk about the coaches, want to be in Omaha. Everybody wants to win a championship. And you look at the expectation to be back there. And then you, you all had a – how long of a rain delay in the regional? That definitely takes a nah. toll on people, especially when you haven't been there. It's a, it's a new world for Man, those guys. We sit there, you know, you lose the first game in the conference tournament, so you don't get the double elimination portion. So you, you had about a week, you know, a little more than a week off right away. And you know, we scrimmage and stuff to get ready. And then you go and, you know, you're sitting there and that game in front of you is in the, think about the eighth inning. 
and you're, you're ready to go, your juices are already flowing, and then all of a sudden, bam, it comes rain, and we sat there from, you know, we've been there three or four o'clock and don't kick off till about 11, you know, so it's, we sat in a weight room underneath North Carolina Stadium for five or six hours, so that was, that was definitely tough, I don't, you know, we lost that first game, and I wouldn't say the rain to add anything, but our guys were ready to play, they just, they just beat us, you know, it's one of those games, it happens, we beat them earlier in the year, they threw the same guy, you know, they hit a two-run homer in the first inning, which gives you that momentum uh, to get going a little bit, but I thought the guys were, you could tell they were still excited to be there and everything, because you bounce back the next day and win, you bounce back on Sunday, and you play that same team that already beat you, and you you, you know, you look like you're defeated in that one when they load the bases with nobody out in the bottom of the ninth and you, you get out of it and you, and you end up winning that game. And now you realize you're, it's a long day on that Sunday, but you're, you're literally two more games, win that game in front of you, anything goes on Monday. So I think it's the expectation, you know, will always be championships. But I think this coach staff's done a pretty good job instilling that the expectation is the next inning. You can't do anything about it. That's how we won 40 games. You take it an inning at a time instead of, all right, we got to win 35 games and 14 games in conference to make it. If you go about it like that, you're just just not going to make it. Yeah, it's definitely a a grind of a schedule, especially in the SEC. That's got to set you up for success, though. I mean, I assume the coaching staff's, you know, that's why you coach at an SEC school. That's why you want to play at it. Uh, not only you talk about getting a regional, it sets you up, but you also have that, that SEC schedule that you, you go through that's not easy. Um, when you get into regional play, do you kind of feel like you're ready for it? Even though you haven't been there, you're, you're ready for it because of your, your schedule throughout the year. No, there's no doubt about it. You know, that, that, that seems to be every sport in the SEC. Um, you know, there's sometimes you think, you know, these winning the SEC tournament is harder than winning in Omaha is what people say at times. You know, and I, I haven't been there, so it's hard to say. And it's a different level, but at the same time, you 30 games, 10 straight weeks, you grind it out, and that's on top of the schedule that these coaches put in front of us every day. Well, you know, in the midweeks, we play a lot of in-state teams, which is a huge game because it's such a big deal to those guys. And those are the games that set you up to host a regional. You can't lose the midweek games and then end up hosting. So I think our guys were prepared. You know, you, you get to a regional. I, I think no matter who you play, especially in the SEC, but no matter who you play, you're going to be ready because you're 56-plus games into it over a 14-week period. Yeah, and you talked about the success of, of last year's team, the 40 wins, the postseason. But there, there was a ton of talent on that team. You talked about Andre Lipsius, Lingenfelter, Stallings, Schultz. Um, Charleston. We had Ammons on a couple weeks ago. Um, who are some key guys this year that might take up um, and maybe fill those shoes of, of those players from last year? Yeah, you know, that's always tough. You, you, you lose some key pieces, and you expect to in the SEC, especially if you're winning. You expect the draft to get some guys, obviously, and they, they earn it by what they do on the field. So you talk about replacing them as a collective group. You know, I don't know if there's going to be an Andre Lipsius that hits around 300 with 17 home runs. But, you know, if Jake Rucker, who's the guy that's going to step up as a sophomore who played a lot as a freshman, uh, hits five or six, and then the guy that's playing third, whoever that may be, hits five or six, or a freshman like Jordan Beck and run a couple of balls out of the yard, you make up that production as a whole. You can't have – you can't tell one guy he's got to go be Andre Lipsius. So you can't tell uh, one pitcher he's got to be Garrett Stallings where he throws three or four complete games and just dominates some opponents, especially when you needed him to do it. So I think the collective holes the thing, and the main thing is pitching and defense. And I think we've got a lot of a lot of quality arms and guys that throw strikes. And uh, you know, Garrett Crochet is a guy that's got a very, very, very bright future and a very high ceiling. Uh, you don't see a lot of six-five lefties 
running up to 96, 97 miles an hour on a consistent basis. Uh, but you don't want them to try to be somebody. You don't want uh, Crochet to try to be Stallings. You don't want Jake Rucker to try to be Andre Lipsis. You just got to be yourself, and the whole team's got to step up and say, hey, Jay stole 40 bases last year. That means we need four guys to steal 10 bags, and we just got those same 40. They just come one through nine instead of one or two guys. Right, yeah. And, and you got to see this team play um, on Saturday, a scrimmage, Xavier in Nashville. Kind of what was that like, um, and what did you see from this group? Um, you know, I thought they competed. It was kind of a, like Coach Anderson said, a little bit of a different vibe. First time a lot of these guys have been on the road. You go stay in a hotel, uh, ran a free kids clinic, did some things to reach out to the Nashville fans as well. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if we had the same energy level as we had against Clemson. But it's one of those things, too. Y'all are athletes. You've been through a spring practice or a fall practice. The the grind gets you a little bit when you play yourselves every day. Uh, So I don't think we we did as well, but I think the guys competed. It wasn't an effort problem or anything of that nature. We just probably didn't play as clean. But it was good to go on the road, stay a night in a hotel, see what that's like, see what uh, setting an alarm, getting up for breakfast and going to a a game. Uh, Like I said, it was a little different. You know, we were on the road, but we were the home team, so we hit BP first with the – makes you sit around a little longer. Uh, so there were some different things, but it was it was good to get some of the freshmen and junior college guys on a bus and say, here's how here's how we operate. So, uh, you know, come February 20th when we get on a flight to go to Round Rock, Texas to play Stanford, Houston, and Texas Tech, we're ready to go. Yeah, you mentioned being on the road. Uh, I think a lot of UT fans look forward to the – the music after wins has it changed now? I think we heard a different song on. Uh, <laughs> is Morgan Wallen. Yeah, has, no, it, has I, it changed I, this year? <laughs> I think it'll be the same because Dixieland Delight will always be about Tennessee, <laughs> no matter what those other people say. That's um, right. <laughs> no, I think it's uh, our guys. Uh, our guys realize Morgan Wallen's a Knoxville guy, and they know he's a Tennessee fan. So they were trying to trying to get some street cred on Twitter, oh, get him to uh, comment smart. back or something, but. Our guys are pretty relaxed, man. It's a fun bunch to be around. Uh, you know, I'd say Evan Russell leads that leads that crew. <laughs> and that's the nice thing about the the staff and the culture here. There's a lot of freedom. You know, if you if you take care of business off the field, you you can have some fun. Right. Uh, and you take care of business every day. You can you can do that kind of thing. You know, so that, that that's a good thing for our guys. You don't you don't ever want it to be a tense moment. You know, if it's a tense moment, we're in trouble. So do you um, participate in that? Do you, do you sing as well? Um, no, I, I kind of just, uh, keep, keep my head down up towards the front of the bus and oh, yeah. keep grinding along. Uh, so I was on the bus, I was on the bus for that Saturday and I, I can't say I didn't sing a little to myself. I like those kind of songs, but Get a you know, for a lot there. of, yeah, you know, you got to keep it, keep it live as well. But a lot of the time on the road for the most part, if it's close enough, I usually take a, take a rental car of some sort with our managers. That way we have transportation because the, Shoot, we might go on the road to Arkansas, and that means one of our coaches needs to go see a recruit in that area. So we always try to have a car available for that. So I end up in that situation some. So sometimes I miss the uh, victory song. But, it, you know, <laughs> if I hear it 40 times, it's going to get the ear. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there you go. Um, well, Chad, that's all we got for you. Um, we don't want to keep you too long. We're excited to cover this team this year. I'm excited to see kind of what you guys have in store for for Ball Nation. Um but thanks for coming on, uh, and we'll, we hope to do it again soon. Hey, no problem, guys. Anytime, uh, anytime y'all want to talk Tennessee sports, you know, there's, y'all had some, y'all had a good show tonight with all the recruiting news that's rolled in these last two days. So, yeah, it made it easy always, on us. We didn't have to, to come always, up with content. 
I think I think this university as a whole is turning a turning a good corner. So absolutely, uh, looking forward to hearing y'all some more. And like I said, any time, and uh, maybe next time we can take a step up the ladder and get Coach Patello along with you. Absolutely, you that'd be great. Well, Chad, we appreciate it. Have a good night, man. All right, you, you too, guys. Good balls. That was Chad Zerker, the uh, director of baseball operations. Uh, great to have him on. Talk, like you said, just uh, Tennessee sports. Like, like the little shade he threw at a, a school down south. Yeah, that's, uh, all, that's always good. I'm not going to put words in his mouth, so I'm not going to say what team, but I have a feeling I know who. So that was, yeah, yeah he's a good old South Knoxville boy. You can find a bunch of them down this way. Uh-huh. And it is hard to get away. I moved right next to Southwell High School. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to Tennessee baseball this year. Uh, you talk about that talent. Yeah, you lost a little bit of talent, but you expect to kind of, you know, the way this team's recruited, the way the team performed last year, you expect to replace them, move on. It's kind of the way that, way it works in this world. So We can recruit now. <laughs> We're recruiting. Yeah, everybody's recruiting. recruiting. Yeah. Uh, Tony Patel and his staff have done a great job. So. Yeah. Excited to see what they have in store for us this year. Um. Yeah, absolutely. Go Vols. Um, go Vols. Go Vols. Just, woo. <laughs> Feeling good. I now. just love the athletics, man. It just feels like <laughs> we're in a good spot. I mean, I agree. Even the football team's two and five, but still, it feels like we're headed in the right direction. It's um, weird. It, it's kind of you, you talked about it early in the episode. You said the way the it kind they're drawing us back in. Uh, yeah. The last two games we played well. One of them was an SEC West win. They threw that lifesaver out, and we grabbed on, baby. We're on for the ride. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, let's move on to some NFL talk. You guys are probably getting tired of our voices in our faces, and we'll get you out of here. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, Landon got me off on that tangent about how much it'd take for me to live in Lawrence, Kansas. So yeah, <laughs> I blame I'm... it on him. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Um, looking at the NFL, we'll do our power rankings. Um, I'm first, first is New England. I'm assuming the same for you. Pats. Do they go undefeated? At least in the regular season, they go undefeated. I don't know. You don't know. Maybe two losses. I'll give him okay. two losses. That's probably spot him two losses. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go. Tom Brady goes undefeated and retires. I'm just. It just feels like that might happen this year. Picked up Muhammad Sanu. They just got better. I know, man. What in the world? <laughs> the rich get richer. Yeah, exactly. Jeez. Exactly. Uh, number two, I've got Green Bay. Number two, I got the 49ers. Green Bay's they rolling. got rich as well. They Emmanuel they Sanders. They picked up Emmanuel Sanders. I missed that. Okay. Yeah. What day was that? Uh, those same day Sanu okay. went to, so they okay. had to they had to match it. What about Jimmy G and Brady in the Super Bowl? Would that be fun? Who's sorry that Jimmy that G and Brady? That would be. It would be. It'd be the. Cha- it might be the change in the guards. It might be. It might be. Belichick um, goes the, or he retires. Belichick brings Jimmy G back. There you go. There you go. Dang, it's crazy. <laughs> I've got the Forty uh, ers at number three. Three. I got the Saints. Okay, I've got the Saints at number four. Uh, four, I got the Packers. Okay. And five, I've got the Ravens. Who'd you have at number two? Green Bay. Do we oh. not say that? Who'd you have at three? 49 49ers. 49ers. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Four, I had the Packers. Who you have for five? Ravens. Ravens. I got the Ravens also at number Ravens, five. Ravens, dude, they're rolling. I, I, I'll admit it. I'm a Ravens hater. I've been a Ravens hater. I'm like, they're not real. They're not. They just keep winning. Lamar Jackson. They've had one sl- slip up, right? Just He's a running back, right? Running back. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Dude, the Bengals and Dolphins race to 0-16. Gotta love that. Dude, you hate to see it. They're both bad. They're both terrible. Do they just want, like, are they just doing rock, paper, scissors? Who gets two or who gets Justin Herbert? Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. Do you take two at one? Wait, yeah, do you take two at one? His injuries? We talked. I think we talked about that. Oh, his ankles, man. His ankles yeah. are, it's weird. Can't do that. Because that's both of them now, right? Yeah. 
apparently. I mean, if he goes out there and if he balls out the rest of the season, I guess you kind of have to. Yeah. But if he's having issues, that uh, the NFL combine, the medical staff there is probably going to be all over him. <laughs> Nick Saban wouldn't take him. We know that. Yep. <laughs> uh, let's jump into our segments. Stupidity is an epidemic. Stupidity. What you got? Um, so I have Christy Gilligan. She said, if my son played for Jeremy Pruitt, I'd take him out of school and send him to any private liberal arts school without football pronto. You deserve to lose when you grab a kid's face mask when you don't get your way. They are kids. I'll be the first one to say I went to a private liberal (laughs) arts school and they do grab their face mask. I thought it was great because I was like, you set it up. Like, I did that. They grabbed my face mask when I did something stupid. God bless. Gotta love it. You got any? Yeah, I do. I've got, um, let's see. Did I do that as a fail? I think I did. Yeah, prep extra I did. Where's this stupidity? Oh, my gosh. Where'd it go? Well. I have a ton of screenshots in here. I'll blame you. I don't know why exactly, but I'll blame you. Okay, so Andrew Durego said, So wait, everyone is stoked about Maurer and his swagger, but what happens when Bailey gets here next season? I'll, uh, in quotes, I love QB debates. Whatever QB's better is going to play, and we're going to be happy. What do you mean? <laughs> like, Yeah. <laughs> if Maurer works out, awesome. It, maybe he beats Bailey out next year, which means he's better than Bailey. So great. Maybe Bailey beats him out. The He's best. better than Maurer. Great. What do you mean? It's like every game, the better team will win. Yeah, I'm like, that That works in our favor. Who cares? <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm happy. <laughs> he said, oh, and then he went on to say, someone said, I don't care who QB is. I just want wins. He said, I agree, but UT is towing a fine line. If Maurer does well the rest of the season, does that scare Bailey off? Does Bailey come anyway? If so, which one bounces? That was part of the stupidity, too. If Maurer's good, who cares if we have Bailey? <laughs> We just we just want to win. Yeah, if, like that's what I should say. If Maurer wins, who cares? Win. If Maurer wins, who cares if we have Bailey? That's what I should say. If Maurer wins, obviously he hadn't won. Maybe one. I guess you could credit him one win, but yeah, I mean, if he wins a starting position, whoever. No, wins no, no I'm a, saying if he wins games, like who cares about Bailey? Like you know, what I'm saying like like who cares about like it, like he said if Harrison Bailey might leave if Maurer works out. So I'm saying, who cares? Yeah, I mean, Mauer, I think if if whoever's the better quarterback, I don't, I don't play. I don't care about names. Yeah, I don't or recruiting stars. Who it is? I, I think Harrison Bailey's going to be your yeah, starter. Yeah, I know. I do too. So. I'm just saying he's trying to, you know, start a yeah, like, That's start a war. Um, at Kevin Nash, um, or at real Kevin Nash. I don't know why you have to put real when you have <laughs> check, but whatever. Tennessee football with a 29 percent winning percentage. BYU and Georgia State losses. If the faithful can't see a two and five record for what it is with the amount of money invested, I have CTE or have been drinking. Why is both? I don't watch them. I have no reason to drink. You guys have CTE banging your heads. So who has CTE? <laughs> Do you have CTE or does everybody have CTE? Is is CTE just like like everybody has it? It's just uh, like it's, I have CTE. I'm it's like the zombie that. apocalypse where like it just comes out at a different time. That's possible, actually. That's possible. I'm with you. There you go. I mean, I just don't, I don't understand. Like, if you have CTE, why are you tweeting this stuff? Right. Just Kevin Nash. I was like, dude, why are you, like, you're a wrestler. You're a huge human being. Why are you soft? (laughs) It's like Penny Hardaway. I don't get, why are you so soft? Uh, Someone on Facebook, I don't know who, because I didn't screenshot the name, put on their status, put Juan in as quarterback. (laughs) 
And it took me forever to figure out who Juan was. And I realized they were a Tennessee fan talking about the game. And they meant Jawan, but it's Juan. J-U-A-N. So it could, it could be Juan Yeh. Put Juan back in. Put Juan. 64 or maybe one. Maybe it meant Callaway. What would they put do one if, back in. Is that legal to put 64 at quarterback? Yeah, sure. I don't know. Put Juan back in they were talking about. I don't think he has a green egg, so I think you're good. There you go. I don't uh, have any more. You don't have any more? I think I do either. Oh, I have one. High school uh, football teams who think they should be able to, and TWSAA, who think they should be able to charge people to broadcast their games. So beach football said no to the Tennessee high school football game of the week because they wanted money. Dude, no one. You should not be charging rides for your TV, like for people to broadcast your game. No. Like, no one. That's stupid. You should be open. Now, like when I say no money, Little, maybe a little bit money from like the advertising's fair, but not like this huge chunk of change. Like people, are like I think broadcasting for like TBS away, like a basketball game is like five hundred dollars. No one's making five hundred dollars worth of advertising off of those games. No, so that's absurd. And I'm not. I mean, if I'm a school, I'm not paying anybody to come adver- like broadcast. No, no, no. They're yeah, they're trying to charge people to like for like TV rights essentially to come show the games. Hmm. So do they do that? Like, is that a thing now? Like so, like, like everybody you know, has like. It's so like ESPN amount. pays like SEC to right. broadcast the games, like similar. Yeah, so like, they're TWS is trying to get people to do that. No, I don't know. It's yeah, just, like kids, kids want to play on. They yeah. want to play on TV, but God forbid you don't get your cut. They think it's hurting gate. It's not hurting gate. No, it's not. Because if it's if it's a TV game, people are going to be there regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I, I have a question we're going to ask real quick, and then we'll get off here. Um. So it's at Vol Moody. Says all great teams take on the personality of their coach. Thoughts on UT finally appearing to play like a Peru coach team. I mean, you can definitely see it in the defense. Yeah, you can, you can see the improvements that they made. I think you see in the offense as well. You know, is it a Peru coach team? He brought in Cheney, so yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I think this team is finally. I think they're bought in. I think there's some holes in in the depth in the depth that we have right. at different spots, but I think we're filling those with recruiting and everything. Um, so, I mean, I, I like where we're headed. You know, we're not, we're not there yet, but we're getting there. Yeah. Absolutely. I think. absolutely. Um, she also says, do you give more credit to Cheney's system or friend for the growth and development of the O-line or both? Both for sure. Yeah. I think it's a little both bit of both. Sure. I think Cheney coming I, in definitely helped Will Friend. Um, I, I think Will Friend has stepped it up this year. You didn't see a ton of improvement last year. And I think he, Felt that he was on thin ice. I think he was, and he's done a phenomenal job. He's definitely, yeah. He's, he, I don't know if he's necessarily worth every penny because that, that was a lot of pennies. But he's worth he's yeah. worth the good amount of Absolutely. good amount of money. So, yeah. Um, I think that's it for us, guys. Make sure you check us out iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, where there's a podcast. You can find us armchairmedianetwork.com. Our team of writers has done a fantastic job, uh, especially this week with all the recruiting news. So make sure you check that out. We'll have Georgia preview or Georgia preview. USC preview, USC recap this weekend. Um, then, of course, we'll be back either Sunday or Monday uh, after the game. We'll see about that. Um, going to see the Avid Brothers. If you like the Avid Brothers, they'll be at Thompson Bowling Arena. I don't know how much tickets are. I bought mine when they first came out. But I'll tell you how Beer and Thompson does. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you that. So, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, excited for this weekend. I, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what this team can do. Hopefully, let's pray for no rain um, so we can enjoy At least until 4 o'clock. No rain till kickoff. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not we'll, asking for too we'll much. Sit through, <laughs> we'll sit through a rainy game. Yeah, it's fine. Exactly. Um, thank you all for listening. I know it's been long. Loved having Chad on. Loved talking football and Tennessee sports with you guys.
yeah, and like you said, check out the podcast. Um, also, come out the tailgate. Yep. Come say hey. Come say what's up. Grab a beer. Grab a. We'll probably have dip or whatever. Um, <laughs> like dip. Like it won't be dry. Char. It won't be dry. <laughs> um, but that's all we got. We're bringing the boat in, and we out.